welcome back to the podcast. This is installment or part three of episode six. So for those of you that took a break in between part two and part three of episode six, let's go ahead and do a quick little recap of some of the bigger concepts that we covered in part two before we dive into the next installment. So we had ended on the culmination of understanding that the reason why men may be a little bit more hesitant about approaching women is because there is now a much more tangible and realistic threat of being labeled something that quite frankly they're not even. And I don't mean to sound like a a sorority girl trying to do math. I can't even. No, what I'm referring to is we had discussed how the movement, the Me Too movement may have started off with the best, the best of intentions. Unfortunately, due to ideological extremists, that has turned into something where men are now much more hesitant to even have casual interactions with women because they do not want to be put on blast and mislabeled as a creep or someone who is just harassing women on the fly. Like there are any number of things that can arise from this that are a very real and palpable threat to men. Now, on the other side of that, yes, I will acknowledge that there are men out there that just cannot take a hint. And on that note, as I did say, guys, sometimes we need to realize when a relationship or an interaction is not in our benefit, and even though we may have the best intentions, trying to repair that or at least move forward on that and show that we are willing to make forth the effort and we don't get scared off as easily may not necessarily come across in the way that we're hoping it does. In fact, it actually may do more damage than anything else. So in this installment, we're going to be looking at the second facet of the comment that I said that I had professionally disagreed with Tommy Laren on. We're going to be looking at the success rates of women in college, or I should say we're going to be looking at some of the headaches that more successful women have in the dating world, we're going to be looking at university statistics of who actually attends university at a much more frequent rate. <laughs> Almost went down more fud there. Wait, uh, I'm, I'm literally going into the, the statistics. Ugh. No, we are going to be looking at the overall demographics of who is going to higher university and well, getting those degrees. We're also going to be looking at the perception and the preference that women have towards the education level of their men and really kind of look at maybe some of the, and we're really going to be looking at the disparaging facts of that and and maybe look into what might be causing a lot of people headaches in terms of equating education to good men. So we're going to be looking at that today. I've got some uh, really great studies pulled up for you guys. I'm, I'm really excited to get into this today because this was something that as far as numbers go, I was not expecting to see to the degree at which I found them. Yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this today because this one is going to be, this one's going to be hefty. Ugh, so grab your snacks. If you're driving, please keep your hands on the wheel. Be safe. For those of you that are taking notes, let's jump in. Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back, y'all. This is part three. What up? I know, we're going to keep going. This is good. I'm enjoying this. I really am. 
so we are going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to talk about the second aspect of the comment that Miss Laren had made about how her friends were successful and they couldn't find any good men. This was when she made the comment, I on, on the surface level, I knew what she was talking about because I had done the research on this and I, I looked at this in a way that most people don't. And I don't mean that to sound pretentious or arrogant, but there is a, there is a concept that when we bring to the discussion, it becomes an accountability check for men. And I find that it becomes a point of I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this. Screw it. It's a standard for women and it's a reality check for guys. There is a misunderstanding that I think exists in the mind of women about this topic. And I think that there is a, a level of being misguided among men that takes them down the wrong road in or with respects to developing themselves in such a way where they're going to get a return of investment on whether it be time, money, or energy that they put into their education. Now, if all of that sounds convoluted and vague and ambiguous, let me make it more specific. We are going to be diving into the college acceptance rates, or excuse me, the pursuant of higher education between men and women. And we're going to be discussing this concept of women dating at their level or above. Now, what I mean by that is, is that there are women that I have talked to when asking them, Hey, you know, what is your preference on, you know, what, what is your ideal guy? What is, what is something that you want him to have? And among the list of qualities and characteristics that I get that quite frankly, are more often similar than they are not. But one of the things that has consistently come up is they want a guy who is making the same as them or making more. And while that's all well and good, because that falls into more of the traditional aspect of what guys are raised to do and what we're told to accomplish in life is that we go off and we're able to provide for a family, like we're able to provide for someone else. We are able to almost provide a life and offer it up as a type of symbol of our care and affection towards somebody else and giving them a life that perhaps they didn't have access to before. That's something that that's a, that's a narrative that's kind of that's woven for us when we're younger, right? We need to go off and we make, we need to make all this money because we have to be able to support a family and all the rest of it. There is nothing wrong with that. I'm going to say that right now. There is nothing wrong with pursuing a successful line of work in which you're able to provide and give your future family a life that maybe they had never thought of possible before or one that you never had. There's nothing wrong with that for dedicating yourself and your life to being able to provide and give a quality of life to those that you love. There's nothing wrong with that, gents. Because I would argue that when you're doing that line of work and you're staying on your purpose and you're doing 
the type of work that you enjoy, well, I say enjoy, but that you find is to be challenging, fulfilling, and you're making a lot of money off of it and you're developing your skill and you're just out there staying on your grind and staying on your purpose. That consistency, there's something to be said about that work ethic. Now, you can find that as we went into in episode five, you can find that in the college route. There are degree paths that will take you to that higher rate of a return of investment. And then there are trade programs that will equally do the same where you'll walk out without any debt and you'll be able to leverage that skill set because it's a foundational skill for the sustainment of society. And you're going to be able to build a business and actually leverage that skill in the market today. Whereas in college, you can do the same, but that's really your best ROIs are found in a handful of degrees. And we went in and I, and I went into that in episode five. If you haven't heard or you haven't listened to that episode, I would encourage you to go back, listen to it, give it a quick, uh, quick, a little evaluation and then come back and we can go from here. Now, the comment in question, again, just to remind everybody, the second part of her comment was, my friends that are successful can't find good men. And I said this in, and I said this in part one. Respectfully, it's not that they can't find good men. I would argue that the good men that they are looking for are invisible to them. And it's because in part because of this expectation where they want a guy to have the same level of education, if not more than them. The problem with that is, is that when you begin to look at the numbers of the amount, the number of women entering in universities compared to the, the number of men entering into universities, there is a large, large gap between the two numbers. When I say large gap from a statistics standpoint, I mean, you're really looking at about decimals, but when you consider those decimals make up anywhere from probably 10 to 20,000 individuals at first, and then that number continues to grow over the years. I mean, that, that kind of sets a precedent for a ratio that doesn't really play out in your favor. And again, as we discussed in episode five, not every degree plan is the same. Not every degree is going to offer the same ROI, especially if you don't know how to leverage it in the open marketplace. You just, you don't. And I know engineers that will tell you, oh, you stick to engineering. It's the same, but no, you definitely, you're going to have a job. You go into medicine. Oh, you'll have a job. You're going to be working your ass off, but you'll have a job. Technology. Technology is not going anywhere, right? And Again, if you want to go into which degrees are probably best, like go check out episode five, but we're not going to rehash all that. So let's get into this. Now, my friends that are successful can't find good men. I'm going to say this now, and I want to be very clear about this. It's not that they can't find good men. It's that when you are, are assessing what a good man is based on his level of education, Initially, it's not that you can't find a good man. It's that the good men that are out there are possibly invisible to you. 
What do you mean? Let's get into it. So as I had made mention before, when I was looking this up a few years ago, what I found was that the, oh man, what I found was that you have a greater number of women attending universities compared to men. But let's even back it up a step further. Because I know some of you out there are probably raising your eyebrow and going, uh, what do you mean we don't date down or we want to date up? Let me explain. When I've either had a conversation with women in person about this, or I've even watched these guys do these on the street interviews. He's asked these women, would you want a guy to make more or less than you? Now, the average answer across the board that I've seen and the ones that I've come across have been that they want a guy to make equal or more than them. They want to be in a status of the same or they want the guy to be a little bit higher. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. Makes sense. However, comma, it's what you're equating more, or excuse me, it's what you're equating as your equal or greater than yourself that may be a little bit of an issue. Here's what I mean. There is an article. I mean, it's more of an opinion piece, but really, let's just go with it. There was an article that I came across that there was an interview done by Amin Saner, and she was an author, I guess, journal columnist. Let's just call her a columnist for The Guardian. Now, this was published in The Guardian, and I know some of y'all are like, Brandon, really, you're going to The Guardian. I know, I know. I'm not a fan of it. However, the article itself stood out to me when I was researching this. And I didn't read too much into it. I read like maybe the first couple of paragraphs to get an idea of what they were going with. And I was like, yeah, this would actually fit really well in line with the narrative of, or not really the narrative, but the discussion points that we're going to be going over in today's show. So let's go ahead and jump into it. So as I said, it's not that good men aren't out there, ladies. It's that my question would be, do you see them? Are they visible to you? Right? On the other side of that, I would ask you guys, are you doing something to make yourself that good man? Are you standing on morals, ethics, and principles? Are you developing a work ethic that is going to allow you to leverage a skill set, an essential skill set in the marketplace? Because as we've said before, whether we like it or not, we as men are, well, our value is dictated by the world on how useful we are and what contributions we give to society. Because if we're not able to produce, if we're not able to be of use to those around us, we're nothing. We're losers. And again, I want everybody to keep in mind this isn't an indictment on one party or the other. Keep in mind that I don't have too many people trying to correct me 
when I say this stuff about guys. So I want us to maintain the bearing that we've had so far in this conversation of open dialogue and intellectual consistency across the board. Because what we're about to get into, I was reading through, and I was like, just off the first paragraph, I was like, if I bring this into the show, this is going to get me hate mail. But so be it. It needs to get done, because I'm kind of tired of hearing this conversation occur over my shoulder and in person. It just, it's, ugh. anyway, let's go ahead and jump into it. So, in 2015, November the 10th, I don't know why she put the 1605 on here, that was, that was a timestamp. Anyway, so, Amin Saner, columnist or journalist for the, the Guardian, and if ma'am you're listening and I butchered your name, I'm I'm sorry. So the title of the article is called The Dating Gap. Why the odds are stacked against female graduates finding like-minded men. Now, there is also an art, another article that I found that basically supports this. And it's actually done by the Institute for Family Studies. So if y'all don't want to take the, the initial assessment of The Guardian, I get that. Don't worry. Your boy came in clutch and I found a supporting article for it. Actually done by a credible organization that actually does family research on this. So we'll go ahead and dive into this. So Ms. Sainer reports off, she starts off, and the, the subtitle says, more women than men graduated are graduating in many countries. But according to <laughs> Datanomics, D-A-T-O-N-O-M-I-C, yo, the, oh my gosh, that is a dad joke waiting to happen. That's amazing. I love that. But according to Datanomics, a new book on hookup culture. Oh, God. Yeah, we'll get to that here in a second, too. That is, oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, stay on track. This one's going to be hard to get through. Uh, yeah, there's a downside. There may not be enough educated men to go around. Is it time we widen the search? I don't know if widen is the word that I would use. Ladies, uh, Miss Sainer, I would say the word I would personally use is understand what your search criteria is. Truly. I just putting it out there. So the article starts off and she says there were, says Kat, perhaps one or two male students on her English degree. Okay. I'm gonna stop right there. Again, what do we talk about in episode five? We talked about certain English degree, or excuse me, certain degrees have more leverageability in the marketplace than others. And for you STEM people out there going, yeah, it's a pointless degree, dude, shut up. Because honestly, an English degree, as I've learned recently, not my own, but is that an English degree, if you actually figure out how to leverage it in the, the marketplace, you can actually do quite well. Everyone needs proofreaders. Everyone needs copy material. Everyone needs to figure out how to write creatively. Now, I know you can make the argument, oh, AI and da-da-da. Yeah, it's going to overtake a lot of jobs. Physicians included from some of the reports I've seen. Mm. Even some architects. Actually, there's going to be a lot of things that change, but that'll be a different episode. Anywho, let's get back on track here. There were one or two males on her English degree. It was the same she noticed on her friends' courses. There are a lot of girls at my university, she says. 
You would look around tutorials and lectures, and there would be one or two token guys. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that phrasing, Missy, but I'll allow it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Bad joke. While there are some degrees, particularly in science and engineering subjects, that are overwhelmingly filled with male students, again, we can get into the demographics of that in ROI, episode 5. <coughs> the general trend in many countries is for more women to go to university than men. How great to have so many clever, educated young women spilling out every year, but there could be negative consequences as a new book, Datanomics, God, I love that title. That is hilarious. That is a dad joke waiting to happen. Points out, there may not be enough educated men to go around. Now, okay, I'm going to stop this right here. This is going to be a hard, hard discussion topic that I'm going to put down range, and this is probably going to piss some of you off. Ladies, going to college is one thing. But it ultimately does depend, too, on what kind of degree you get. Because here's the thing. Some of you equate having a degree to meaning you're going to be successful in life. And I got to tell you something. Some of you guys have gotten degrees that, quite frankly, aren't worth the paper it's printed on. Even more so, I know some of you who may have majored in something like human resources or advertising or communications that you had to go back to school because you couldn't find a job. Now, again, it all comes down to how you leverage it and how you figure out how to work it inside of the community in which you find yourself. I've got a background in human behavior and psychology and cognitive, excuse me, cognitive development. My master's degree is in mass communication with a specialty in psychophysiology research and data analytics. I have a lot of my STEM friends that'll be like, oh, what do you do with that? I negotiated seven-figure business deals. I brought in a startup company, $2.8 million in the course of three months. And had a book of clientele ready to do business with me because I understood the analytics of a business. And I understood how to communicate not only with them, but they're also their clientele and employees as well. Oh, and here's the, here's the beauty of it. Those seven-figure deals... I was making commission off of. And I don't mean just kind of. The larger the deal, the smaller the commission cut. Which I thought was kind of interesting, but still. 1% commission rate on, for example, a $1.28 million contract. My engineer friends, you're good with math. So it all depends on what you, how, how you do it and how you leverage it, right? Now, again, that's not meant to be a flex, but some of you, I know you get kind of in your heads because as engineers, you think you're God's gift to mankind. And some of you are, you're really smart. But just remember, it all comes down to how you leverage the degree in the marketplace. Some of you can do it, some of you can't. It all comes down to it, right? Plus, it also dictates, plus the the... The marketplace will dictate what is and is not valuable. And honestly, if you can understand people, you can understand business. Is what it is. But anyway, bunny trail. Let's go ahead and get back on track here, right? So there may not be enough educated men to go around. Now, here's the thing. This is the biggest problem that I have with this preconception that good men are educated men and educated men only come from universities. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I'm going to tell you this right now. I have two degrees and I have met people. I don't walk into a room thinking I'm the smartest guy there. That's arrogant. That's hubris. You don't need that. And frankly, we'll get into this here in a little bit in another segment. If you meet somebody who believes themselves to be the smartest person in the room, always consistently, it's either a sign that they're not challenging themselves to network out, to grow in new ways, or they have an arrogance problem. That is a huge red flag. Because if you have somebody say, oh, I'm tired of being the smartest one in the room. Okay. One, you're in the wrong room. And two, I guarantee you, for as smart as you think you are, I guarantee you, you don't know everything there is to know about some of the stuff that I know my buddies in the trade skills could teach you. Because that's the other thing. This is what I hate about this misconception is that we equate education to universities. And in many cases, yeah, if you're looking at something like the the degrees that we talked about in episode five, absolutely, I get that. Getting a college degree, it's not so much a uh, milestone anymore. It was 10 years ago when I was in school, for sure. But now you have an oversaturation of degrees in the market and really no place to put them. And honestly, so long as you show up to class and you know how to test well, eh, you'll finish all right. Doesn't mean you know how to do anything. So you have educated men, but are they really able to teach you anything? Because I can tell you right now, I know plenty of people that have gotten multiple degrees. And there's some cats out in the trade world that can definitely teach them a thing or two. And vice versa. So we need to understand what educated men look like. Right? Again, I'm not ripping on you for it, but words mean things. And if we have a preconception, which is what I told you to leave at the door, it's going to limit your focus on what you perceive to be a good man, especially if this is going to be the standard by which you are judging them. Guys, I had even said before, too, in this episode, that one of the key points when I was growing up was you had to develop a personality. You had to develop something interesting about your personality. You had to become self-sufficient. You had to become self-reliant. And you had to become very competent in who you were. There were a lot of things that us as young men had to become very, very good at. One of the first things that every single one of us learned how to do when we first got our license was change a tire change the oil in our car, change the air filters. Standard car maintenance, stuff that would save us money on the front end. So knowing how to do things like that, I would argue is a huge, huge plus that goes to becoming interesting, well-rounded, and all the rest of it. Now, I want you to keep this in mind because I touched on it earlier and I said it was absolutely important that you know how to do this and you have more to talk about than just the memes that you've seen on the internet. Now, I am a huge, huge person of memes, so I am in no position to chastise anybody for it. That being said, you have to be able to carry on a conversation at some point. That includes men and women. Guys, especially for us, we have to be interesting. We have to be funny. We have to be intelligent. We have to be able to keep them entertained. 
And I know that sounds really bad, but I cannot tell you the number of times I've had women tell me that one of the biggest turnoffs for them or repellents is guys that are boring. Guys, I am under the impression, and ladies, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, you can do most anything to a woman except bore her. Do not be boring, because that will make her run for the hills as fast as she possibly can. Moving on. She continues on, and she says, it's hard to write about this without sounding like you believe young women must find, must place finding a husband above forging a successful career. First of all, I don't think I've ever heard anybody make that argument in her defense. But she's right. It's tough to have this conversation because, as I mentioned before, when you have this conversation and you try to venture out and you say, hey, listen, we need to discuss some discrepancies across the board. We have no problem ripping on guys for their discrepancies and their deficiencies all day. Not a problem in the world. But the second that this comes home to roost, ladies, we need to make sure that we're keeping an open mind on this and we're looking at this and going, okay, why are we having such a problem with this? Because now it's not just me saying this. It's not a guy. It's actually coming from another female perspective. It's, well, another female perspective. Excuse me. It's, it's being, oh my God. Oh, I'm going to get some memes off that. It's, it's being verified and it's being confirmed and given to you from a female's perspective. And it's not just, me saying this, it's not just the author saying this, but now there's actually a research author that she's referencing in this article that's about to confirm this. And then there's even women that she interviewed during this article that more or less confirm this. So let's go ahead and continue on. She said, it's hard to write about this without sounding like you believe young, young women must find a place, must place finding a husband above forging a successful career. Or you believe more men should be admitted to university at the expense of women to plug the husband gap. I, I, I definitely have never heard somebody think about that way. And on, think about that. I have never heard someone think about the situation like that in such a way. And I can honestly tell you, if you go back and listen to episode five, I will tell you that, guys, you should not be going to college unless you're pursuing one of those five degrees or several that we discussed in episode five that is going to offer you the best possible ROI for your time investment and the possibility of you picking up a loan. Like it's, it's not a good thing. Inversely, if you can get the same education and rack up the same ability to make hand over fist in four years through a trade program, definitely do that. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, especially since you know that the job skill or the skills for that job are going to be in demand for years to come. I don't necessarily think that is a terrible idea. But let's go ahead and continue on. So, shouldn't have more men. We should have more men being admitted at the university at the expense of women to plug the husband gap. I don't believe that. I don't either. I think that's a dumb idea. In fact, I think for the most part, unless you're going to college for like maybe a select few things, you shouldn't go at all. Go pick up a trade because God knows we have a labor shortage. Or that marrying someone with a lower level of education is a terrible thing. I don't believe that either. Again, I am going to put my foot down on this and say we need to have a clearer understanding of how we're describing and defining education, right? If you're just equating it to a college degree, that's not going to get you very far, especially when we start looking at the numbers of how many women go to college compared to men and how many of them actually complete it. 
And if you're equating, oh, he's an educated man because he's got a degree. Dude, I know lots of people that finished college that knew how to test well. They're dumb as a sack of rocks. Ladies, they exist. You want to know where their expertise shines? When they're working with their hands. Carpentry, auto mechanic work, welding, so on and so forth. And a lot of these times, these guys make a really good living doing that, but because they don't have a college degree or they didn't want to stick around in the class and they don't learn that way, they get passed over. Never mind the fact that they stand on very healthy morals, ethics, and principles and have a good parameter of self-discipline in their life and have good habits. Never mind that. Most of these guys aren't even making it past the preliminary stages of, do you have a college degree? You know, so it's important for us to define what exactly education is or how we're looking at that because it's kind of a loaded scenario. Because I guarantee you, if we were to look at how education is being defined, we would figure out this discrepancy and the headache of why good men can't be found really quick. So let's go ahead and continue on. But she says, but as the business journalist John Berger relates to in his book, Data Economics, I swear to you, this guy named his book as a dad joke. I'm, I'm convinced. And now I kind of want to pick it up because I want to see <laughs> what it says. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. What sold me on this book was just the name alone. Like, yes, I will buy a book because it sounds like the title of it's a dad joke. I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> Continues on, Datanomics. If an educated woman wants to form a long-term partnership with a man of similar education, the numbers are stacked against her. Again, if you have a greater number of women entering college as opposed to men, yes, that ratio is not going to look good for you in a longer period of time. So she continues on. She says, Kat, who works in social media and graduated last year, says a group of her female friends, quote, only have one of them, only one of them has a boyfriend and the others are all really attractive, fun girls, clever, educated, and can't find a boyfriend. It's really odd. Yeah, it is really odd. It really is. Because here's the other thing, too. We touched on this in social media. And I didn't really, I, I didn't really expand on this in a way that I really wanted to. But I kind of touched on it. Guys, if you remember, I said that if a girl is attractive enough, she's going to have the attention of guys that are top shelf coming after her. Or in some cases, if they're not confident enough in themselves, they'll slide into her DMs and she's got attention for days. Some of those guys that are frankly just weak, that need a little spinal fortitude in their lives. Others, some of the other guys that are in her DMs aren't going to really take her seriously or really give her the time of day. It's going to be it's going to be entertainment purposes only is what she's relegated to. And then once he's had his fun or whatever else, he's going to bail and go for the next girl in line. Even smaller still are probably a series of guys that are sitting in her DMs who, quite frankly, would be everything she's looking for as far as characteristics go and what she ultimately wants out of a long-term partner. However, if really what you're looking for is, oh, I can't find any good guys. No, again... My question is, is it the fact that you can't find them or the fact that they are invisible to you? Because if y'all really want me to pull it up, I can pull up the research article, the survey article that said that 80% of men are viewed as unattractive by women. In fact, we'll actually get into that when I start looking at the dating apps and the statistics back behind that. It, guys, it gets abysmal quick. 
Like it's, it's not good. We really need to look at the standards by which we're assessing people. Ladies, like, I don't mean this to sound like an indictment on you. It's not meant to be, but we really need to understand what is a valuable education in this country or really just in general, because if you're equating, oh, he needs to be educated. Well, he doesn't have a degree. Yeah. Well, ladies, I can tell you this right now. I know several auto mechanics that run their own business that will run intellectual circles around some of the cats that I was in school with and vice versa. So you can't just equate what a good man is based on whether or not he has a college degree. Now, I understand that there are other things that factor into what makes a good man a good man. But again, if you're at that level of success and you want somebody on par or greater than you, you have to understand that based on the current acceptance rates as well as application rates of students across the nation, there is a good chance that you're limiting yourself by your own success and standards. I'm not saying... Don't go off and make something of yourself, but I'm under, I'm, I'm trying to relay this to you is that you need to stop assuming that if he's not the same level as you education wise, or he doesn't have the same number of fancy pieces of paper as you bordered in some fancy piece of wood, that he's not going to be good for you. Because I'm going to tell you this right now, in the current job market, I have it on good authority that more companies are looking at what your certifications look like compared to what degree you have. And ladies, those guys that have the certifications, those guys are the salt of the earth. Strong work ethic, honest, in many cases, hardworking, dependable. It just... And again, it's not an indictment. It's a question, where's your focus at? Is it the fact that you can't find them or the fact that you can't see them because of what you're equating a good man to be? So it's an interesting question. The article continues on. It said Berger had started noticing that he was around far more single women than men. It struck me as odd, he said. Because the women seem to have a lot more going for them than some of the men he knew in relationships, which is my way of saying they were better looking and better company, he says over the phone from New York. He's like, this is true in my own circle of friends outside of work. I have a lot of, I knew a lot of single women and my wife and I used to try to play matchmaker, but it got to the point where we didn't know any single men anymore. And I wanted to figure out why his book Normally, I write about much more boring stuff like stock markets and energy, which, side note, I love reading about stuff like that. But then again, I love learning, so eh, whatever. Set out to find what was going on. At first, he thought it was just a big city problem. It's not. Not a spoiler. I'm just taking a guess. Perhaps more educated women than men were drawn to New York where he lives. I can tell you right now, if you're drawn to New York or a city like Los Angeles and you have a college degree, I'd ask for a refund because right now the quality of life in both of those areas is trash. So, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Are drawn to New York where he lives or cities such as Los Angeles or London. As, or as Los Angeles or London. Again, if New York or LA are on your list of the places to move to after you get out of college, I'd ask for your money back. Those places are kind of <laughs> trashy right now. He goes on and he says, but as it turned out, it wasn't a big city phenomenon at all. <sighs> Color me shocked. <laughs> the numbers are pretty much the same across the United States. Across young people age 30 and under, there are about four college grad women for every three college grad men. 
In many cases, this gender gap is even bigger in rural states and urban ones than in urban ones. And it's not just in the U.S. It's most Western countries, whether it's Italy, the U.K., or Australia. Interesting. He continues on. And he says, in the U.S., he writes that among 22 to 29-year-olds, there are 5.5 million college-educated women and 4.1 million college-educated men. We are seeing a gap in the U.K., too. Last year, a record number of women outnumbered men, with nearly 58,000 more women than men. In the vernacular of the best-selling dating manuals, it's not that he's just not into you, writes Berger. It's that there aren't enough of him. In the U.S., his book has been greeted with relief when women said, well, or there were a couple of women that said, told him that it was a comfort to know that there was nothing wrong with them, that they might've just fallen victim to the numbers. Uh, yeah, not exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind this idea of, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I just fell victim to the numbers. Guys, keep in mind, there is always something that you can improve upon in yourself. Always character flaw, physical flaw, whatever the case may be. Development is a constant thing in life. You are never at a pinnacle where you have nothing else left to learn. And if you do, if you do find yourself there, I'm going to challenge you to do this. You need to take a hard look because I guarantee you there's stuff that you can constantly be working on yourself from now until the time you die. You are forever a student. Embrace it. Love it because you get to discover more about the world. So he continues on. And some of the women had described it being... Well, depressing and patronizing. One of his bits of advice for single women is to move to Silicon Valley and snap up the educated single men there. That's actually kind of funny. I think so anyway. <laughs> My goodness. So he goes on and he says, to be clear, we are talking about heterosexual women who want to find a partner. There are plenty of straight women who don't feel finding a man is a high priority. But for educated women who refuse to date non-educated men, it creates two problems. Okay, I'm going to stop right here. I have not read the rest of this article, but I'm going to postulate right now, and I'm going to I'm going to hypothesize that one of the biggest issues that you're going to run into is you are a victim of your own success, right? Now, what I mean by that is is that you are not going to be able to leverage that in such a way where the numbers are going to favor you because if you have 58,000 more women than men attending university, and this was back in 2015, think about how much larger that gap is today. So one of the problems you're going to run into is that you're, you're voluntarily limiting yourself. But what happens is, is that now, you remember how earlier I said that if you actually reach a certain pinnacle, you have guys out there that will understand that they are in a very unique position and they will leverage that and they will have a roster of women lined up around the corner and they will just go through every single one of them because they know it's like a revolving door. They don't care. They don't have to commit. They have their selection of choice, which means you think you're going to be able to pull down this high performing dude. When in actuality, you're one of 20 lining up throughout the door. And then you wonder why he doesn't want to commit. These are, I mean, these are real situations. They are. But I'm going to postulate that that's what he's going to go into. Or at least those are the biggest two things that he's going to say. Because those are honestly two of the biggest things that I've noticed across the board 
in every state, demographic, region, and now country that I've lived in. But let's go ahead and continue on. So we'll start back up at the beginning of the paragraph. To be clear, we are talking about heterosexual women who want to find a life partner. There are plenty of straight men who do not feel finding a man is a high priority. But for educated women who refuse to date non-educated men, it creates two problems, said Berger. All right, let's go ahead and get into what these two problems this author has stated. It creates a statistical challenge. Because you are voluntarily limiting yourself. Oh my gosh, I just said that. Voluntarily limiting yourself to a dating pool that has four women for every three men. There we go. But it also gives you way too much leverage to those college-educated men, and it encourages those men to be overly choosy to delay settling down. What did I say earlier on in this episode? Guys, I'm not just pulling this out of thin air. Ladies, I'm not making these statements to sound sexist or misogynistic. I'm pulling this straight from observable science. It's not just me. It's now being reported and written on by a female columnist. It's now being confirmed by a dating coach multiple times over who has one of apparently a best-selling book. This isn't just me. This isn't me saying this because I'm trying to be sexist or I'm trying to be inflammatory. Ladies, I, I sincerely want a lot of you out there to be happy. And what I'm going to tell you this is I'm not saying you have to find that in a relationship. But what I am saying is that you need to value your relationships with people a lot more than you do your career. Because one of the hard truths that guys understand in this life is that the company that you work for, and this is going to be quite candid and I'm pardon the terminology on this. The companies that you work for do not give a shit about you because here's the thing. If you could work your ass off and you do phenomenally well in your job and you find a way to process and you find a way to become more efficient and everything else and you die that week in a car accident or some act of God, heaven forbid, not only would they have a replacement for your job within a week, your legacy of efficiency could easily be overtaken by the next person in line who finds a better way to do what you did. And now you're no longer the pioneer. You're the person that's been overshadowed. There is going to come a point when you are going to get replaced and you have to be okay with that. And if you spend your entire career trying to make a name for yourself, that's all well and good. But you have to understand you don't get to the top without sacrificing a few things. And again, I'm not saying you're going to find that in a husband or having kids or anything else like that. But what I am saying is that your money is not going to give the eulogy at your funeral. Guys understand this. Now, again, we're still held to the traditional standard where we need to be able to provide or expected to. Even though most women, most of you guys will walk around and say, well, I make my own money. I pay my own bills and everything else. That's fine. I'm not ripping on you for it because you know what that means? One, it's not that special because it just means that you're a functioning adult. I'm independent. I can make my own money. I pay my own bills. My dear, so does every single guy walking the face of the earth. Congratulations. You're not special. You're a functioning adult. I'm, I'm glad for you. That's awesome. That's cool. But again, we're not saying that we want to provide this life to you because we have to take care of you or you have to be dependent upon a man. Again, I would argue that when a man is in a position 
to give that type of lifestyle to the girl that he is interested in or the woman that he is interested in and give that option of availability to where if she doesn't want to have to work again, she doesn't have to. And to be able to financially support that and give her a cush life and an easy life to give her the option to where, yeah, she can go off and she works if she wants. You can go off and work if you want to. There's nothing wrong with that. Go off and pursue something beyond whatever it is that your husband's at least, or at least your significant other is giving you the option to enjoy. Because here's the thing for guys, we don't, we don't think, oh yeah, I want to, I want to make all this money because I want to keep her at home where I can control. No. And honestly, the guys that are out there that like that, I mean, honestly, I'm going to be right there with you. You don't need to be around them anyway. But for the majority of guys that want to build that life, they're not doing it because of this oppressive mindset. They're doing it because for us, if we're able to give somebody that quality of life and give them an easier existence, that for us is fulfilling. Us sacrificing to make sure that somebody else goes on living and has a better quality of life than what they just left. Ladies, this is one of these things that I, I have not heard get talked about very much. There are men out there that want to find fulfillment in the work they do because the fruits of that labor, they want to be able to provide to someone that they care for and watch their level of existence shoot through the roof because of it. They're not saying that you have to be, that they have to be the only source of that. They want to give you that option. Most men that are worth their salt want to give you that option. They're not saying you can't have your cake and eat it too, but there is something comforting and awesome about the knowledge that a guy has, that he's got his life structured in such a way to where he knows that you never have to want for anything. And even if something happens to him, he's got contingencies in place to make sure that you and the rest of the family that you have never have to worry about anything else. It's not oppression. It's an act of love. But the modern day narrative has contorted it and warped it into something that it's not. And I would stand on this hill and I would die on this hill for the mentality and the philosophy that what most guys want to be able to do is carve out a little piece of the world to where that is their sanctuary. That is their haven. That is their, I wouldn't say safe space because that sounds <clears throat> too weak. They have that level of success and that level of peace that they want to be able to provide to you. They want to share that with you. Which is also why the question comes up now when they ask you, what do you bring to the table? It's not because, as one young lady put it, oh, it's, they're asking it because the table's empty. No, chick, they're asking that for you. They're asking that to you because they have their life structured in such a way that for them to add you to the, li the life that they built for themselves, you have to add such an immeasurable amount of peace to the already existing perfection that he has fought and carved out for himself. You can have the world, you can have your career, and you can have your money. 
realistically for the guys that are after the, like the ones that I just described, it doesn't make a difference to us. And it's not something we assess you on because it tells us nothing about your content of character. It doesn't tell us, it doesn't tell us how kind you are. It doesn't tell us how compassionate you are. It doesn't tell us how genuine you are, how caring you are, how loving you are. It doesn't tell us any of the characteristics that many good men assess women on marriage material on like they just they don't even in the surveys when i asked you know what what is it that catches your eye about a woman you want to know how many times any one of them said oh yeah they need to have a college degree or this they need to be strong independent they need to make their own money. not a single effing time and i'm frustrated with this because you're so hell-bent on achieving this level of success because you think that men will judge you off of it. I will tell you this now, the guys worth their weight in gold, ladies, the ones that are actually worth a damn, don't care. They're happy for you. They're happy that you found something else that adds to your life, that challenges you and helps you do all the rest of it. But your level of career success is not something that we factor into our decision on whether or not we're attracted to you or not, whether or not we want to commit to you on a long-term basis or not. It makes sense that you want that out of men because typically and in previous years, those higher level educational degrees equated to financial success and freedom and secure, well, and security in the years ahead. Unfortunately, as we've seen in the last 20 years, business doesn't work like that anymore. And honestly, even with the demands that are on the job market right now between college-educated graduates and graduates of trade skills and certification programs, there is a shortage, just in the United States alone, there is a shortage of men in the United States that could fill these skilled labor jobs. And for those skilled labor jobs, ladies, there's a set of qualities and characteristics that nobody talks about. If you are good at your your trade and your craft, you have to be honest. You don't have to be, but word gets around pretty quick of who to hire and who not to. So a lot of these guys will build their reputation on being honest, hardworking, as well as dedicated to their craft and committed to what they do. Because they understand one of the basic and old-fashioned traditional tenets is that your word and your name carries weight. Now, again, is that every single guy out there? No. Just like I'm saying that a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today doesn't apply to every single woman. I get that. And my biggest shtick with this is, is that you can't say that you can't find good men when the good men that are out there are invisible to you because you have this warped perception of what makes a good man. I want to be with a college-educated man. Why? Well, because he's going to make money. There's no guarantee on that. And honestly, if you're assessing whether or not a man is good based on the number of pieces of paper he has, 
I guarantee you, you can go talk to technically any one of these blue collar worker guys that you consider to be blue collar, the salt of the earth guys, the number of certifications that they have to have for a job. I guarantee you, if you're just looking for paper count outnumbers, anything that you're going to find in the college realm. And again, I'm not discrediting, I'm not discrediting your degrees. I have two of them myself. I get it. But having a college education is not the same thing as having a good man. And I would take it a step further in saying that just because you have a college education doesn't mean that you're going to be successful. It all depends on how you leverage your skill set and apply it to the open marketplace. Because if you're limiting it to simply the guys who have college degrees and you're limiting it, you're limiting your scope to the guys who have done better than you from a collegiate level, what happens is that those dudes are at such a tier that they have women lining up throughout the, the door, around the block, just to get their time. You may be able to entertain him for an evening. You may be able to go to dinner with him, whatever the case may be. But I guarantee you, dudes like that, that know that they have that line, they don't care about you. On average, they don't. It's very rare. I'm not saying it's all guys. And I'm not saying it's bad that you have that expectation, but I'm saying that you need to be realistic about what, quote, educated men are. So let's go ahead and continue on. Guys, keep in mind, too, there's a reason why I said that you gotta, you got to learn how to be interesting and you got to learn how to be engaging and involving and all this stuff. You can't be boring. And he gets into this right here. He continues on and he says he thinks one of the drivers of the so-called hookup culture is the number of men who have found wealth and available, available women to choose from. I would disagree with that, and we'll get to that here in a second. He said, I'm not trying to be the morality police, he said, but saying that not everyone wants to be or should be seeking marriage or that there aren't women who do not enjoy casual sex as much as men. I do think that the imbalance gives men more incentive to play the field. That is only if they've reached a certain level. And here's the thing. I have asked many women, and I've even seen videos of this too, where they interview and they ask the exact same thing. Who is the gatekeeper to sex? Who decides whether or not sex gets initiated and carried out? I think most people would agree it's women. So... If we look at that and we wonder why is hookup culture such a prevalent thing today, ladies, again, you can write me hate mail if you want, but come at me and argue with me from a logical perspective on this statement. If you are the gatekeepers to sex, as so many of you report to be, and in the same breath, you're also going to complain about hookup culture. Whose fault is that? Now, guys, again. If you're out there lying to women and you know exactly what they want to hear in order to get into bed with them and you have no more intention than just doing that with them, then you're a piece of trash too. Because at least be honest in the forefront and be like, yeah, I'm just looking for a hookup. Because at least that way you're on an even playing field, right? But if you draw a woman in and you actually lead her on to believe one thing and all you want is another... Dude, you're a piece of trash and you're committing, I mean, essentially you're, you're adding to the problem of the dating world. So I don't want to hear you say, well, I'm having a problem with this. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm just kind of playing the field and sleeping around trying to land as many checks as I can. Okay. Well then you can't tell me how these 
these girls don't ever want to take you seriously because you don't even take yourself seriously. Guys, stop doing dumb stuff that's adding to the problem. Ladies, on the other side of this, here it comes. Hate mail. Do not let lesser men win the day and hook up with you, adding to the problem, and then you want to turn around and wonder where all the good men are and why men only want to hook up with you. If the only thing you're bringing to the table or the equation of the relationship is sexual interaction, I guarantee you, you're going to attract the wrong type of guy. And that's all they're going to be there for. It, it, it just is what it is. But he goes on in this article and the guy says that one of the young ladies, Holly 27, she said, I suppose it's horrible to say, but I guess if someone is more intelligent or better qualified, I feel that I have to be, I feel less that I have to be wooed by them. She has an MA and works in post-production and television, and she goes on and she says, I do prefer dating people who are intellectually superior. She says, for her, it's a curiosity thing and that her partner will be able to teach her things. Ladies, again, just because he's been to a university does not mean he is of a higher level of intelligence of you. I guarantee you, if you look at the blue-collar workers and you look at these guys that are in trade programs, I guarantee it you're going to find that these dudes will teach you about stuff that you have no idea about. You, you don't know anything about the world. You don't. I don't know too many women that can tell me about welding. I don't know too many people that can tell me about the intricacies of auto mechanic work. I don't know too many women that can tell me about sewage waste management. I don't know too many people that can tell me about what it means to be a good... I don't know too many women that can tell me about what it means to be a good electrician. I don't know too many women that know about the intricate, the intricate workings of HVAC. I'm not saying they don't exist. I've met a couple of female diesel mechanics in my life. And guys, before you're wondering, yes, they were cute. They're well in shape. The point is, is that ladies, you can't limit it to, well, he's in, you know, he's in college, so he can teach me some things. Because here's the thing, if you're judging it based on that, I know a lot of blue collar guys that will teach you some things about what they do and blow your mind with the stuff that they know about the trades that they are in. So if that's the unit of measurement that you're using, that you're going to go after a college educated guy because he can teach you something or yeah, he's more intelligent than you are. Okay, again, having a college degree does not mean that you are more intelligent. It all comes down to how you absorb information and how you apply it. That's ultimately what it comes down to. Now again, if I'm sounding like I'm frustrated on this, I kind of am. Because I hear a lot of you guys complain about the very same thing. And it wasn't until I started looking at the definitions of these things that I realized it's not that your standards are unrealistic in some cases. It's that they're not properly defined and they won't be until you start peeling back the layers. And it's not because I'm sitting here trying to be misogynistic or anything else like that. I really want to help you. I want to see some of these issues and some of these headaches that you guys have resolved. Because in some cases, I would argue that the problems aren't necessarily as complex as you think they are. But again, I say all this from love. I'm not trying to bash on you and then sit in an indictment. 
And I did tell you this was going to be a pretty hefty and thick third installment. See you guys for part four.